Hello, Paul here. Thank you for deciding to put this podcast in your ears, these conversations with people who make things about the what, the how and the why of their creativity. If you haven't already, then why not subscribe via Apple Podcast or whatever your streaming portal of choice is. It's on most of them. And if you are interested in creativity, making the things that are most important to you and how to bring all of that more deeply into everyday life, then you might find some stuff of interest at my website, paulmacaulay.net. Give that a second. And that's it. Thank you again and enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to Creative Loving Spirit. I have got to go out in a minute and get on with finishing a draft of a play which I'm so, so far behind on. But it's okay, you don't have to do that. You can stay here, you can just listen to this episode. It's me talking with filmmaker and director Sophia Cargom about her journey to become a filmmaker, having had a background in performing and acting on television and stage. Um, She talks really well about the collaborative nature of film and you can sense it's so obvious that she's got such great passion for learning about this new form and she's really seizing upon it um, and found something that really matters to her so inspiring to listen to so if you're uh, interested in filmmaking an aspiring filmmaker um, I hope that you'll find a lot here that's useful so me and Sophia met to talk uh, at her home in a beautiful part of the East Sussex countryside. We sat down for an hour and we spoke about filmmaking, creativity and other things too. Here we go. In those moments of flow, you know, there's a great sense of skill. Like anyone who sits there and goes, oh, that's a talent I can't draw, just hasn't had the right teacher. An actress that's right, you know, you have to write so many things, so much stuff. That'll never go on. Because if it's not getting any reaction at all, or just a man, it'll just work out what should go on. Try harder. So it's having that sense of, well, I'm just making stuff because I know there'll be someone out there and they'll need it and they'll have it. How do I describe what I do? Uh, I, I, well, now I say I'm a filmmaker, I'm a director. Uh, but of course, I have like many hats in life. But um, yes. I, I, yeah, I say I'm, I'm a director, I'm a film director. And I say film director because at the moment I'm directing film, but I would like to direct some plays, but that just hasn't come around as of yet. Okay. So it's a bit of wiggle room there. For, bit of wiggle room. For a transition. Yeah, but yeah, films. if there's something... I mean, I, I'm obsessed with the whole process of filmmaking, so I just, like, adore it. And I, and I love... I love the kinds of people who are involved in filmmaking, or the crew. I love how geeky everyone is about their their area sound color grading you know whatever it is it's like such a joy to work with people who are just really geeky about their thing that they're really good at and bringing them together and like and collaborating I just I find filmmaking like so collaborative and interesting um and so that's why I'm focusing on that basically and it's like a new thing that I I found um, I suppose in a way because I just came to it but with theatre um, I've only directed like I directed one thing at drama school when we had an option to direct something and I lo- I did love doing that mm. um, but yeah for some reason I suppose theatre just hasn't really come about in the way that film has for me One of the things that I noticed and one of the things that made me curious to speak with you 
mm. um, was, um, I think it was when you were putting together The Wider Sun, which was the short film, what, your first short film that you directed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and up until that point, as much as I'd known about you, was as an actor. Yeah. And, and it seems that you've made this very conscious, a very firm change to focus on what you're focusing on now. Mm. And I was just sort of wondering uh, what drove that and how do you sort of make sense of that journey? Because you were acting yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, you? yeah. I mean, when I was a child, I wanted to be an actor and I kept apparently saying to my mum, I want an agent. And she just said, no. <laughs> You're you're too young. What are you talking about? They had my parents had a whole thing about not wanting me to be some kind of child star. I think you know all the horror stories of child stars getting drug addictions or whatever. I don't know. They want well. What they said is they said that you know they wanted me to be old enough to really make an informed choice. And I remember being a child and getting really annoyed by that, and wanting and really being strong willed and really wanting an agent and really wanting to be in things and. Uh, finding their resistance a bit tricky, even though they were supportive of me. Uh, but then, now I'm an adult, I totally get why they did that, and I'm actually really happy that they did. And in terms of how I... what happened exactly is that, yeah, I was very driven as an actor. That was always what I was going to do. Um, you know, went to drama school, did the whole thing. And... Well, it's quite interesting because my mum says to me, actually, that ever since I was a child, I would watch films on repeat and keep and say, how did they do that? How did they? And I'd analyse, as a kid, I analysed films naturally. Yeah. And she did say to me over the years, oh, I think you'll be a director one day. And I'd be like, no, no, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. And I was really kind of like not interested um, she said, oh, you always look at the bigger picture. I think I think you might be a director. I was like, no, 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 I'm an actor, I'm an actor. How old were you when, when this... The... When I was on, a, like, really small, yeah. I'd watch um, uh, films on, just on repeat. Like, even even things like um, Orange County with... Um, not, not the TV series, but the film yeah. with Jack Black. Yeah. That film... <laughs> Randomly... <laughs> Over and over again, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, over and over again. Also cartoons and all the Disney stuff. Uh, Thumbelina, like, whatever. And that's quite, a, that's quite a usual thing for a child to do anyway, because the repetition. Sure. Kids love that. But the fact that you were asking questions about how did they do that and not just accepting it as some magical reality, but you had some... Yeah. You were asking questions about Yeah. It. And also have an opinion, apparently, about, like, performances. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, oh, that was weird when he came in that door. Or, you know what I mean? Like, when things flowed well or didn't, yeah. I sort of picked up... Apparently, I sort of would pick it up. But um, despite those little pepperings of moments where my mum would say, oh, I think you'd be a director, I kind of I completely ignored it. I wanted to be an actor. Trained at drama school did a module at drama school where you could opt to write, direct or act in a in a project and I opted to direct and what I found was that I was um doing above and beyond what I could have done for it so I'd come home and I'd write out all the notes and I'd think about how I was going to relay them to the actors I was just so involved and really happy and, and I had a lot of energy Whereas, interestingly enough, with acting, 
It sounds kind of awful to say now, because I think a lot of things were going on, but it, in some classes at drama school, I was I was actually so bored that I would go to the bathroom and just walk about in the bathroom for a bit and pretend I needed the loo. And I wasn't like engaged in yeah. the way that I am when I'm directing. And I don't, you know, at the time I just thought, oh, and it's not that it was beyond me. It's not like, oh, I can do this. I'm bored. It was like it didn't engage me. Like, and, and I think some classes did. And I really enjoyed, I think drama school was like really important in many ways. Um, and I developed as an actor. And I think as a director, it's so useful to have been an actor. I think it's like in a way can be crucial um, to be a good director, I think. But um, like... There was something, anyway, I finished drama school and I was very lucky and I got work straight away. For the first year and a half, I was working in TV mainly and a bit of film. And I got off, I was doing this series and although it was all great in many respects, something inside felt like it was in the way of something else. That's all I could describe it. I just felt like it was in the way. I felt like I kept doing like stepping stones it was like oh, I'll do this and then I'll do this and and I wasn't really enjoying the thing for what it was and I think that's quite normal for most people in life you think oh I'll do this and it will lead to a better thing mm. and oh I'll finish off this thing and then I'll get and you know you're not really in the now and you're not really going well actually I should mm. be enjoying what I'm doing otherwise what's the point because what is the stepping stone and what's it for yeah. and also is it coming maybe not and it's just a kind of sad existence, I think, to always think in those terms. And I, I think it's very easy for actors to feel that way because you're constantly trying to validate... This is me generally speaking, it's not for everyone, but, you know, you're trying to validate yourself by the work you're doing. So it's like, oh, I'm in this show. Oh, I'm performing here. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And if you're not, you feel inadequate um, because, you know, it's you, it's your whole body, your voice, your brain, like everything is... And if you're not kind of doing in the cool venue or the whatever it is you I, I I found that I gathered a lot of sense of self from being able to say something for myself so people would say what are you doing I'd be like oh I'm in this BBC show and I felt proud and I felt good about it which I think is important because I trained I was good at what I did you know and I but at the same time I think it 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 actually was an unhealthy because it wasn't coming from a completely secure place it was coming from a, I need I'm showing you I'm I'm good at what I do and like look I've got these mm -hmm. names beside me that say that I can do what I do and I kind of got to a point where I got a sense that it was in the way of something else I felt deeply unhappy and I should have been happy. I felt like I should be happy. I'm very lucky. So many people don't get to be in TV shows. Why on earth am I sad? Mm. Um, it was slightly complicated too because of a close friend of mine had just died as well. So I was grieving as well. And it did throw things upside down in the real reality check it kind of did a whole hang on a second like what are you doing with your life how are you spending your time and is this what you want to be doing and ever since the age of dot I thought I'm gonna be an actor I'm gonna be an actor I'm gonna be an actor and I was sort of on this thing 
and it didn't feel totally right anymore and it was really hard to kind of grapple with that because mm. I was like am I chick you know there's all this stuff that goes around people go oh you chickened out you know you're chickening out is it too hard are you not good enough mm. are you not dedicated enough all those things so all these this noise goes about goes about but I didn't I just it just something wasn't right and I and I just thought I don't know if this is for me and so when that series finished I actually um I kind of in a way sort of prayed to not have any auditions I was like I really need a break I really need a break and then it came true for me not having worked for a year and a half so I had absolutely nothing from going, you know, three years drama school, year yeah. and a half of bosh, 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 to nothing. And I wanted it, mm. but then part way through, I had, I got, you know, and I think this is something really important to talk about because people don't talk about it, is the mental health of actors. Mm. I got incredibly sad because I felt that even though I'd had this feeling of I'm not sure this is right and I needed a break and I had this break and I chilled out and I sort of thought, okay, what do I want to do? Because I wasn't actually getting any work, I wasn't getting any auditions even, I started to feel like, oh my God, I'm I'm pointless. <laughs> I know this mm. sounds extraordinary, but it's like when you've, tr when you've believed a thing for so long and then it's suddenly the possibility of, oh, it might not be true. Like you might not be able to act for the rest of your life mm. and make money from it and and do do that well then what do you do like what are you what what do you what is what can you give mm. and you know my partner and my parents were great and you know my dad my dad kept saying to me you know you're not Sophia the actress just only you're Sophia the friend the daughter the writer that you know you do other things you paint you know mm. he was like you've got so many skills and things in your life don't you know don't make it your god but I think what can happen is drama schools can play into it is it makes this world because you put your heart and soul into it it makes it like this place you're striving for or this like nirvana where you're suddenly going to be like working loads mm. flying all over the world you know you know the, the inverted commas the dream or whatever making it making it yeah. and and I, I sort of in a way was on the way to that and then it dropped away. Mm. And while I was on the way, I was like, this isn't really right. I need some time. I got some time. And then I got incredibly sad. And I, I actually got ill. For, it was mental, actually. I got, I got a chest infection for six weeks over Christmas. And I was just flawed. Mm. And it's because it was, you know... It, it's because it was an idea of myself and my future that I had to let go of. Yeah. And I guess, I, I don't know if this, this is quite right, but what I'm hearing in that, because I'm kind of uh, relating it to how I felt at times, because you've worked, wanted something for so long, your whole sense of identity and how you value yourself is wrapped up in that. Oh, yeah. And if that's taken away, then the whole sort of foundations about how you 
understand mm. and engage with yourself and what's important exactly has to be rebuilt and also with other people as well because unfortunately people don't sort of know what it's like to be an artist and stuff and and you know they'll be like oh what are you up to what are you doing every two seconds and if you don't have anything to say they look at you like it's tragic mm. um i ended up getting a job in a cinema and um some friends of my parents who I hadn't seen for like a long time since I was probably a teenager came in and I was at the checkout and they said oh what are you doing here and I went oh I, I, I work here and they went oh we saw you in Shetland and I was like yeah you know hmm. because they thought but you're on TV mm. it's like yes but a few episodes on TV doesn't <laughs> last your lifetime and people have other jobs too. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. so this weird distorted image where they sort of people put you on a pedestal and then when yeah. you don't fit their image of you, oh, so if she's doing really well, yeah. you know, and it's oh, like, what does thing. well mean mm. actually? And like, does it matter how I'm feeling? Mm. You know what I mean? And, and, and actually... Yeah, so the status thing of oh she's doing that 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 and when I when you don't fit the mold um, of what they think you you are, it's suddenly tragic in some way and it's it's incredibly insulting <laughs> and just and just like a horrible kind of pressure and I think a lot of active friends of mine find that like that's the question they don't want people to say like oh what you up what you up to at the minute when they don't have anything to say. And what I've found now, though, really, is that, like, um, I, I see so many intelligent, talented, amazing actors who aren't getting work, and I feel, it feels so sad how sad they are, mm. especially when that question's asked, because I look at them and I go, I don't care, like you're great as you are yes you know you don't need to be in anything to show that you're good like mm. you're you're undoubtedly good you're undoubtedly a great person all these things it's just the luck of the draw and so it's really I was I definitely felt like I was once like that I did feel very sorry for myself and sad and and useless and didn't know what else to do um but now I've moved out of it I now see my friends like that and I'm like oh god no there's more to you there's more things you've just gotta you've just gotta see differently I think that's what it is and I in terms of what happened to me is when I came out of the sadness mm. and the chest infection and stuff I um I basically said to myself okay I need to start from zero and I need to just get a chill job and um, think about what I really like to do, just me. And so I started playing hockey again, because I loved hockey at school. That was great, great sense of community, really fun. I started painting again. Um, and just, that's all I really did. And I only, yeah, I went to work, I painted, I played hockey. And I just didn't put any pressure on myself to do anything, achieve anything, be anything just like I'm just gonna get to know me I actually that year I left London that was a big thing to do to have less financial pressure I moved to Brighton for that year lived with my cousin it was like lovely time 
And when I actually stopped and just let go of everything, that was when I got the idea for The Wider Sun, mm. the short film. And I wrote it down. And then I thought, oh, I'll get, maybe I'll show some people. And I showed some people. And then they said, oh, this is really good. You should make it. And I thought, oh, should I make it? And then I thought, oh, I'll get my friend to direct it. She's a director. And then, you know, I could help produce it. And, mm. and then in time, I thought, actually, no, I'd quite like to give it a go. And so I did. And so then that was that was the start of this, and yeah. it is definitely true to say, um, it is definitely true to say that um, it helps to have something else that you're more interested in. Like if you're going to give up acting, mm. it definitely helps to have obviously something else that you're super into. And I, I mean, luck. I suppose luckily enough for me, that's basically what happened. Is I, I love directing in a way that I didn't, with acting, I didn't love it in the same way. And I think I kind of grew out of it. So when I started working on my film, I found that every second of the day I would do work. No one was telling me to do it, mm. but I would do it because I wanted to do it. Back in that mode that you were talking about in uh, early days of drama school, like being compelled to spend more time than yeah, exactly. Else on this. And I'd actually read an article um, during that time that said how, it was like how to find out what you should be doing with your life. Mm. And one of the things checklists was like, what's the thing that makes you forget to eat and go to the toilet? Mm. The flow thing. Yeah, the thing that you're like, oh my god, I haven't eaten all day because yeah. you've just been doing the thing, um, and it's that like filmmaking for me. I was like, oh my god, I love this. This is so cool. And I, and and so once that started, I then didn't want any auditions. Before I was like, I want auditions, and then I was like, actually, I don't want auditions. They're getting in the way of me making films. Because you found another purpose. Yeah. You're not propping up this old way of being anymore and validating. It's kind of like, no, there's something else. I yeah, there's something doing. else out yeah. there that I need to be doing and that's taking my attention and my mm. yeah energy in a really positive way. And then I did get a job as an actor at the Southwark Playhouse. And... I re I got on with the cast so well and the creatives and it was like a really lovely job but I found myself in rehearsals really just wanting to go back and finish off prep for my yeah. film because we were shooting in a few months time and I that was it for me I was like oh my god I obviously don't want to be acting because like I don't re like you know I gave it my all obviously but I found with the performances and once we were in performances I was either incredibly nervous or incredibly bored. Right. And it was like, that's really odd because I used to get such a thrill. I used to like love performing and something really had shifted for me. And it's funny because fairly recently actually I did, um, my friend wrote a play and I was coming to watch a rehearsed reading of it but an actor dropped out and she asked me to step in. And I hadn't done the acting for like two years or whatever. And it was a comedy and it was so fun. And I and I loved that. And I felt really in flow doing that. And that was great. So it's not like that black and white, I suppose, yeah. in a way. But Is it something to do with pressure? It might be pressure. It might just be like at that time. I don't know. I mean, I used to, I, I always used to like pride myself of like working really well under pressure. Mm. So when I was younger, I was um I used to run a hundred meters for Sussex, and I was like super like athletic and like mm. I kind of loved the whole. I mean, pressure in terms of like 
acting is my thing. I need to show up and love it and do it. Yeah. Whereas in that scenario you described, it sounds like, well, you know, it was random. doesn't... Uh, yeah, there's sure. no pressure on it. That's on, true, that's yeah. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe that. There's something about comedy as well. Like, yeah. I just really... It's so fun and... and yeah, so, so yeah, so when I was at the Southwark Playhouse, I just was like, God, I actually just want to be home working on my film. And then I thought, wow, actually, there are so many actors out there who, you know, really would want this more than me. And so... Step aside. Step aside. Get out of the way. Okay. <laughs> what you held on to since that time in terms of the way you understand yourself or are there any checks and balances that you kind of you know refer back to to kind of keep yourself mm. you know on yeah the, on the right path that's a really good question um i'm really trying to keep doing it for the love of it and not trying to get anywhere with it mm. because the wider sun came out of pure creativity and I th and I and grief actually for my friend Freya who died and I wasn't trying to get anywhere with it I wasn't trying to um be like I wasn't like oh I'm not getting acting jobs I'm gonna write a film there was no negative reason it was out of a pure the idea dropped into my mind. Mm. I wrote it down. I was like, wow, this is quite a beautiful thing. Got And then just really loved it. And, uh, you know, we shot on the Isle of Skye and I, Isle of, the Isle of Skye is like the most beautiful place in the world, in my opinion. And I love Scotland. And, and it was also a hom homage to people who have died, who I've known. And so it was a deeper thing. And, and as a result, like, I came away from that going, it doesn't matter how the film turns out, what an amazing experience. It was awesome. Like, the crew were awesome. Mm. You know, the whole thing was just so wholesome as well. Um, the kids in the film were great, becoming friends with their families. Like, my sister was the production designer. You know, it was all very... My best friend was the first AD. Wow. So it was, like, such a lovely experience. And it was hard work. So I thought, wow, I really want to retain doing things... because Doing this filmmaking thing because it's, like, coming out of the right place mm. and not be a career move. Not be a, like... I'm trying to get a BAFTA or I'm trying to get a this or a that or I want to be recognised. You know, it is true, of course, now that I've made a few things, it is really nice when it gets recognised. It's nice when it gets into a festival or you get something. But, like, it, yeah, I have to just, in terms of what I check in with myself, it's like, do I care? Mm. Do I care about this story? Will this be fun? You know, I'm not just going to do anything because it requires so much like heart and soul and I am such a perfectionist when it, you know, so it takes up a huge amount of my energy and I'm incredibly focused when I'm doing it. So yeah, that's it. And I just feel like if I keep working from a place that's good in that way, not only is my mental health better, mm -hmm. not only is it just better for like everyone, 
um, who's involved. Because you, because what's so cool is it's like you're giving people jobs. Like as a director and producer, you know, you're you're getting people together and you're working with people. And mm. if you're in a good place and you're happy about doing the thing, then hey, it becomes a really fun thing to do. Um, it's like, how am I spending my life? I'm spending my life like collaborating with people who are talented and interesting and lovely. Mm. Great. Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah, so that that's that's to not to not be too worried about whether I've got accolades or like I want to keep making films obviously so you know and I want them to be good and I want people to watch them and like them I think that's really important um you're not just you know having a wank but um but uh that it's coming from a good place and I'm not getting wrapped up in the whole kind of you know furthering my career sort of in a sort of way that could is a bit unhealthy I think and also a bit ego-y as well I mean I think I mean it's easier said than done I think you know obviously you've got to have a bit of an ego here and there (laughs) but I don't know I, I did feel sometimes with acting especially you had to be now this is kind of controversial thing to say and I don't I don't mean this with like necessarily any everyone but I got a sense you had to be really kind of um, self-orientated mm. um, in order to keep going. And basically, I'm just more interested in other people. Like, I think when I was younger, I really loved ripping my heart out on stage and, like, crying or, mm. get, you know, really getting into the things. And now, I I don't know, I just feel like I don't need to do that anymore like what do you think that's about so you, i mean so there's mm. i can totally see that in terms of the choices you make in terms of what you do so as a director or producer or writer you're an originator you're a leader who brings people together and valuing other people's contributions mm. as a director of actors you're mm. enabling them and all, all of that but what's uh, yeah what's what's shifted in is that part of the shift from acting yeah i think it? so yeah. i think it's like there's something obviously very exhilarating about being watched mm. and powerful about it and and good and we need we need actors telling stories we need people who are good at getting up in front of people and and exuding something and and it's cathartic like it's great to have an actor who is really gets into the character and really wants to kind of stay true to to some ordeal or whatever and I think that's beautiful and like amazing skill to be able to do but for me personally I can't be asked yeah. basically and that's the shift I had I was like I can't be bothered <laughs> <laughs> I I used to be bothered I used to really want to get there I was never interestingly though I was always a very instinctive actor I, I didn't like doing the whole backstory thing I didn't like really studying things I was like ugh ugh you know I just kind of wanted to get on with it Mm. and I if I thought too much that hindered me I always had to go with my gut um but really working at a character really working I you know from I suppose age like nine to sort of 24 25 you know I did all that and then I was like ugh I'm done now You know, because I think also, annoyingly for actors, especially in auditions, you can get a f- sense that you're some kind of performing monkey and that 
some you know you sit in front of a camera and someone goes be in love hate hate the person cry you know be confused and you're like ah <laughs> you know and 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 there was a time where I I kind of loved the challenge I was like yeah I'm going to turn it on you know I'm going to turn this on I'm going to do that and then and then I kind of got tired of it I was like oh no I don't feel like it today like I don't I don't want to just spill my guts out like I, I can't be bothered I don't really know who it's I'm not I don't have the energy for it yeah so yeah. how do you take um that forward uh, those different ways of seeing it and how um you relate to that now into how you work with actors as a director so well I um because, yeah, because I know what it's like to be uh, there with a big crew and you've only had one run through and you've got to do it in front of everyone. And I just make sure um, they feel really safe and comfortable, basically. And um, really safe and comfortable if they've had to audition that they've had the script for a few weeks. So they've got plenty of time. Um I, yeah, and if if there's a time where I get a sense that someone's not all right, I make sure I'm I'm very clear. I mean, I think there's some directors I think that work really well and they're quite, kind of a bit obscure and they might just say something that an actor might not understand but might end up giving them a brilliant performance. Like, I've noticed about myself that I'm... I'm really articulate, I'm really clear about what, what's about to happen and what we're doing, but I I mould it to what each actor needs. You know, some actors need reassurance that they're doing well, some actors need to be just left alone, actually. Um, so I think I'm quite good at reading people and, like, the level of what they need, but, I mean, in general... Just being understanding that, like, the whole situation is quite a pressured, weird, unnatural environment and uh, trying to help them get into the space where they can do their best work, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Quite responsive to, yeah. to what they need. Um, changing. Yeah. Probably a little bit. Um, so it sounds like what, how I understand, uh, a way of understanding it, a way I could understand... <laughs> what you've described in terms of that sort of change um, from performing into directing is um, being now an originator of work, you're the source of stuff and that's guided by, mm. you know, am I doing what's meaningful and what I care about and will it be a, a meaningful and fun experience to mm. do it. Um, I've been thinking an awful lot about recently about being a creative or an artist in that space and the whole idea about asking for help. And by asking for help, it covers an awful lot of ground, but it's things like asking for feedback or reaching out for collaborators or, I mean, uh, funding, crowdfunding, uh, the wider sum was crowdfunded. Yeah. Um, what's your relationship with that whole idea about asking for what you need to make? What oh, I think it's essential. It is the way, it is the way I've made films. Like, right. It, you have to do it. It is like, otherwise you just can't do it. You can't do it alone, basically. So how how it's worked for me and is, is that 
So I, I had this script. I thought, well, I'm going to direct it. Oh, God, I've never directed a film before. How do I do this? Um, and uh, so what I did is I basically phoned up every friend I had who worked in film. Mm. So I had a director friend, a first AD friend. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I called them and I said... I basically asked them loads of questions. I read um, Sidney Lumet's book, which was fantastic. Mm. Uh, what's it called? That was really helpful. Is that with a... Um a different film in each chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what it's yeah, called Yeah, I've got it here. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, it's great. Mm, it's making movies, is it? No, got something else. I, can't I don't know. Anyway. You can find out. <laughs> you can list it. Um, yeah, think in the notes. Um, I read his book. I watched YouTube videos. I downloaded encyclopedia thing to know all the lingo for all of the techie stuff because I thought, God, what if I'm on Sorry. set and someone says some weird word and I don't know what it means, you know. Um, because even though I've been an actor on set, you know, you know I wasn't really paying attention, you know, <laughs> yeah, to what they... Thing. Yeah, I was doing my thing. So, um, although it was it was funny though, even as an actor, I, I used to always want to know what my frame was and the directors would be like, why do, just do your part? And I'd be like, but you know why? It's so lazy of me. It's because I needed, I wanted to know if I could just like relax my legs and my arms. I was like, <laughs> am I in the shot? Is it all in the shot? I mean, that just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That goes to show, like, yeah. I, I was just... <laughs> It's just... Can I be on the chair for this if you're only doing a close-up? Is that cool? <laughs> Do I need to be here at all? <laughs> you are in the scene. Really? Am I though? Um, you know. Uh, and um, I, taught, I I went to... Raindance did this Directors Foundation course, which was, this, I think it was five evenings over five weeks. Um, it was really affordable and actually very useful for someone who's never directed a film before. Mm. Um and I ask, I am networked, I talk to people, and I think the great thing about networking with film filmmaking is that it's it you're on an equal playing field in that everyone has got their thing, mm. and then it's like, ooh, your thing fit with my thing, you know, oh, you're a composer, can I get your website? And then you listen, you go, ooh, that's not really my kind of thing, no hard feelings, or wow you're pretty this is yeah. my kind of thing this would fit really well in this idea that I've got should let's keep in touch or you know and and so it's all very um kind of meeting the personalities and and the kind of style of things that you're interested in so yeah. it's uh it doesn't feel needy in any way everyone's expertise is valued for the collaboration yeah and it's also like even directed like I find I love meeting other directors there's something really similar about us. So far, anyway, I've met quite a lot of film directors and okay. we always have such a nice, funny time. And it doesn't feel competitive because it's kind of like... <laughs> oh, bless you, that was my puppy sneezing. Um, <laughs> contributing. Um, because... And in a way, I suppose actors can can maybe take this as a helpful thing, but it's maybe not quite the same. Well, is that the re me directing one script will be completely different from someone else directing yeah. a script. So it's like you're not in competition. I mean, you might go up for the same jobs, but like at the end of the day, 
he got it over you because he fits the kind of vision that they mm. wanted. So, you know, it, difference, not competition. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of so nice in. Um, so asking for help and yes and going on Facebook so for example I didn't know any producers so Mm. I went on Facebook uh, a Brighton film group Mm. and found my producer there and then I didn't know any DOPs really and I wanted to meet some more so through someone else I set up meetings with some graduates from the National Film and Television School Mm. Just, and what's great about these meetings is, you know, you send a script, someone says, oh, I'm interested, let, you know, and you send a mood board maybe as well, the kind of look of how That's you want the film. you would have generated. Yeah, so I made that myself, yeah. yeah, so the kind of look of things. Send it over to a DOP, they say, yeah, that's my kind of thing, and then you meet for a coffee, and you talk creatively about it, and you see if you get on, mm-hmm. you see if, you know, I, I, you know, when I first was going to meet a DP, I thought, you know, how do I do this? And then I thought, well, let's just think about this practically. I want to know how they work on set. Like, how do they like to work? Mm. I want to make sure that we can work together. You know, I will, let's think about how I might want to be. Out. And I thought, well, I want to have a shot list, but I want to be also quite in the moment. If we suddenly see something cool, maybe we could grab it. Mm. Um, you know, other people might want a storyboard and just be very fixed on that's all we're doing. Whereas for the wider sun, I wanted to be a bit more open. And, um, so you're guided very much by, this is what I need in, term, in as far as executing the thing I want to In do. the most uh, easy way. Executing yeah. in the most easy way. So it's like, yeah. how can we make this experience like really creative and, and positive? Because basically, you know, we're going to be strapped for time. Mm-hmm. So how I need to be able to like get on with this person and be on the same page and not have, you know, it's have a hairy moment where something's, you know, not quite working or whatever. Yeah, so when I, I decided actually when I first approached people that I wanted to be really honest and just say, look, I've never done this before. I won't, are you okay to explain things to me maybe a bit more than you might with another director? Mm-hmm. Like, because there might be some lingo about a lens switch that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um and so I basically, I basically, honesty was the policy. I just thought, I'm just, I'm not going to pretend I know what the fuck I'm, sorry, am I allowed to swear? I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm doing because I don't. I'm just following my instinct. And, you know, I sort of thought maybe I'll get on set and it won't be my thing and I'll want to be a producer. I didn't know I definitely wanted to be a director until I actually went on set. That was like my test for myself. I didn't call myself a director until after I did The Wider Sun because for all I knew, oh, maybe I like writing and producing. Yeah. But actually when I stepped on set, I was like, oh, this is great. I feel really comfortable. Um, so, so I, yeah, I, I would say my advice for someone like who wants to make a film or do something new, when you reach out to people, there's loads of Facebook groups, there's loads of online forums. Um, have, have something to say if you, I mean, you've got to have an idea. 
you know, something that you're passionate about, so you're not wasting people's time. Mm-hmm. Have a think about, like, what you want to say to the per like, how could this work, you know, how do you like to work, you know, da-da-da-da, but be honest and say, look, I've never done this before, this is my background, I'm confident, but I want to be able to, like, have a really open dialogue and I don't want to be made to feel... I actually said to some of them, I don't want to be made to be, feel stupid or patronised. Mm. Like, just explain to me and I'll I'll get it, you know. Because I, I was worried that, you know, some people are very accomplished. And I didn't want... If they thought, oh, I might actually end up patronising her, I didn't want to be on a shoot with them, even if they were brilliant. Mm. You know, I wanted someone who could just be, like, kind, basically, quite mm. simply. Um, and so I made... I stipulated that really clearly... Um, so you did a lot of sort of expectation setting in terms of like your creative relationships there. I yeah, guess. I suppose I did. Yeah, yeah, without kind of consciously calling it that. Yes. Things already understood in retrospect, aren't we? Oh yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 then from that, so once I did that, and also I made sure that on on my first film, I had my sister as production designer. She's totally qualified to be so, but. You know, I had my first AD as my be- my best friend, first AD, so that I felt comfy because it is nerve wracking. Yeah. And if you can, if you can get some mates on board, even if they're being runners and they're doing the catering, like it's so much nicer. A familiar face, yeah. Because because it isn't you know because you get to a point yeah in directing everyone just you know there's a problem everyone if it's not something a producer can sort that everyone just turns to you and says you know it's raining what do we do. Mm. you know or the actors just walked off or you know you know it's like you've got to think of something now like you know and so it's for your first thing surround yourself with people you really like you really trust who aren't going to let you down friends if you can family if you can and um and then when you meet new people just ask loads of questions be really honest say this is the kind of thing it is um and then just go for it basically yeah and but to add on to the networky thing is since then I've then gone to like loads of film networking events, BAFTA put on quite good events, BFI put on events, they're free events, you can go um, meet people and and then inevitably sort of through people you meet people and, and now I've got like a network of a bunch of DPs, a bunch of producers, a bunch of you know, there's a whole bunch of people that I can, yeah. I know and can call on for things. You know, and, and, and those people have networks. Exactly. And those people have networks. And before exactly. you know it, you're reaching out to hundreds and thousands, potentially, mm, exactly. of people. Exactly, exactly. Um, is there anything was, on your sort of whole creative journey, including acting or, or directing where you are now, mm. um, have you ever surprised yourself? Or what? Have you ever done something that surprised yourself? <laughs> Everything's very intentional. No, um, <laughs> Everything worked out exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? I actually did have a moment of surprise, yeah, when we were in the minibus on the way up to the Isle of Skye to shoot The Wider Sun, and it was an 18-hour drive because there was a crash on, like, the M25 or wherever we were. But the sun was setting... There was like 12 of us. My sister was driving, plus our friend Harvey, who was also showing driving. We were listening to Paul Simon's um, Graceland album. And I suddenly looked around and I was like, oh my God. 
god, everyone's here in this minibus driving up to the Isle of Skye to make this film that I wrote like eight months ago, whatever it was. Wow. Like, this is so cool. What the hell? Why are they all following me? Like, everyone's like trusting me. And it's like taking on this 18 hour journey. Like, what the hell am I doing? Um, but yeah, that was a real moment of like, mm. this is amazing. Like, people power. Like, you come up with an idea, you, you know, people generously give their money, you get your team together and off you go. And it's like, wow, that's so cool. It was like such peak peak moment oh, that's such a, a great example as well of, of what I understand you're talking about in terms of loving the process of doing it mm. you know being in it not it's not about all about the output Mm-mm. although you want to create something it's about so much about the, the, yeah. the journey it's, that's, that's your life yeah 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 and that's the important thing mm. so you just got to check in with yourself like are you having fun doing your the thing you're doing mm. like or are you having fun thinking about the potential future? Yes. Basically stepping out of the present and just suffering through it so you can get yeah. whatever accolade at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no way to live. Yeah. Um, is there anyone in your life that sort of influenced you, like um, a teacher or, or anyone who sort of models a particular way of being or mm. uh, sort of engaging um, with... I'm inspired by lots of people mm. and their work. Who's, uh, who's speaking to you at the moment or who, who's sort of, a, sort of a hero or inspirational kind of? So Khalil Joseph is a, is a film director. Um, you can hardly find anything about him online. He's so secretive, mm. which is very cool, I think, as well. But he... He's done some famous music videos. So he did Samfa's Process album and he did Lemonade, uh, Beyonce's Lemonade. Oh, right. And his work is so... Um, amazingly layered. Like, you watch it over and over and you see... You're, you know, you it's just so deep and it's so stunning and meaningful and extraordinary he and and he's given one interview um that's like an hour and a half long you can you can watch that online and he's you know he's still pretty shady he doesn't really speak much and you just know that he's a true artist there's like no bullshit he's just doing the work that's meaningful for him and and not in a selfish way, just in a kind of self-preservation way, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's my interpretation of it. It's like what matters to him and how does he want to spend his time. And his, he, the way he makes his work is just so thoughtful and beautiful and striking and and pushes the boundaries. But But not trying to be anything. It's not pretentious and it's not... It's not too cool, and it, but it's not. It, it's just. Um, Sounds quite authentic. It's just really authentic and really like meaningful and and um, 
just like nothing else you've ever really seen. Mm. Like he messes around with the music as well and he plays with silences and stuff and he just takes out the track and he he sees the whole filmmaking thing as a whole, you know, it's, it, yeah, there's, he he's really inspiring because he keep, he he reminds me of keeping things really like, things really true and really sort of, you know, nowadays it is helpful with your, with what you're doing to kind of put things on social media and stuff, which, which I get. And actually I've had really positive networking experiences through Instagram meeting cinematographers and stuff. Cause they've li- liked my work. I've liked theirs. We've connected, we've met up, you know, things like that. So I think it is really useful, but I think there's something that I really admire about someone who doesn't do any of that. Mm. And then they make exceptional work with it, people with exceptional talent. And it's not, out of um, some kind of hierarchy, sort of privileged place. I don't know how he's done it really, but he's, yeah. So so he's he's really inspiring and just mm. like checking in with what's important. Having said that, like, you know, I, it's not that I don't ever wanna do anything that doesn't speak to me or anything like that because because I also am, obsessed with the whole process of filmmaking I like love learning I feel like I'm you know still like drinking it all in Mm. so um you know I've applied for this thing on the BBC for um shadowing uh and getting to direct an episode of either Holby City or or EastEnders because I really want to learn about this quick turnaround Mm. I just think if I if I worked on something like that then a feature film would be a dream because you have to smash it out so quickly. Make very quick decisions. Really quick decisions, be discerning like that. And, um, and just, just, just the whole process, multi-cam, like all that stuff. Mm. I shadowed, um, some friends of mine who are directors on, um, Emmerdale. Um, and I, for, for a week and, um, it was really useful, really useful, quite fun. Like I, you know, it, it yeah, so I, I do like the whole whole process of it anyway, no matter what it is. Um, I think if you're making a feature film, you have to love the concept because you're going to live with it for probably like 10 years, you know what I mean? It's like the process it takes to yeah. make a feature. I'm because I'm in the middle of just finishing three things at the moment. Mm. I have one new idea that I mentioned to you before, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I actually at the moment don't have anything burning. Mm. And I think it is partly because I'm just about to do. I've just finished the edit for two music videos and another short, and I'm doing the grade tomorrow in London. And we're putting it all, like in the next two weeks, I have three things completed and it just takes up so much brain space, yeah. I think. I, but, you know, I've been going for walks with Mac and I've been going, what stories next? You know, mm. I'm I'm keen to meet more writers, you know, actually, and just collaborate with people because the last two shorts I did, I didn't actually write myself. Um, they were written already and I did really enjoy it. But I do, I do want to 
I didn't want to collaborate with a writer or write something myself and come up with something. But I mean, you know, an an idea will plop plop in at mm. some point. But right now, I don't. I genuinely don't have any, any burning desire for any particular particular story. It makes me think. Is I don't know if it's true for you, but. I, I'm attracted to the idea about that kind of creative cycle where and you kind of talked about it anyway a little bit it's like that idea where you kind of strip everything away and then wait to see what sort of shoots up you know from the ground totally and, and I, kind of clear yeah. the decks and listen yeah clear yeah. the decks and listen and I remember listening to I think it was Mark Ravenhill that um, talked about um, gave a writing lecture that I listened to online BAFTA Guru are great, by the way. They have all these lectures that you can listen mm. to and videos. And Those he, are good writers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, um, he was like, if this is him, I might be misquoting him, but I think it was him. He said, oh, all you young people want to get things done so quickly. You all just want to bosh things out. And he's like, a good idea stays with you for years. Don't just come up with something and then bosh it out and then expect it to be you know he's like mm. what what's the stories that stick with you that keep coming back themes or little things you know there's value in waiting there's value in mm. in um letting things ruminate or letting things cook and i think i think you know it's sound like a broken record but like you know life is so fast paced and everyone's doing everything and you know you're always constantly reminded of the number of things people are producing and doing and it can make you feel oh I should be doing more things but actually it's just worth waiting worth waiting for the gems Mm. and you know there is value in just doing stuff too and you learn but like I feel like with films because because it's so much money and effort to actually make one you might as well wait for a mm. bloody good idea because unless something falls on your lap, of course. But you know, yeah, just. And if you're the mm. well, and if you're the leader, if you're the the carrier of the vision, then you've got to know that you're carrying something that's going to power you for as long as it takes you to get that. Yeah, and that you're not line. exactly, and that you're not going to get bored of it. Or yeah, I mean, obviously there are peaks and troughs. You have moments where you think, "Oh God, this yeah. idea is awful," or whatever. Yeah. But but that's normal. But yeah, something that will power you. The first cut of the film. You're like, ah, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> um, but it's a quick sidestep into the networking thing as well. Like the last short film that I've just done that we're nearly finished, that came to me through the second AC, so the second assistant camera on the TV series that I did as an actor. He's moving into being the DOP, the director of photography himself. And he'd been seeing on Instagram that I'd been making my films. Mm. He'd come up with an idea. He contacted me and said, hey, do you want to direct this? And he, so it's like, that's from my acting career, you know. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so that's yeah. come round full circle in a really mm. nice way. And now, and then we worked together. It was such a fun experience, and it was lucky because you know, he he got all of the he got everything together in order for us mm. to make it, which is fantastic. I've got amazing camera, um, an Alexa XT, which is what they used to shoot Moonlight on. So it was like so nice. So got to play with that. Got to play with that, and. Uh, and yeah, and so it's like everyone you meet, you know, you it will end up, you know, yeah. the, and so it's like, I am very self-generate, 
accepting person of course but also it's been lucky too because it is just through knowing people that people pop up and say hey do you want to do this do you want to do that and I think what's great is when you make a good film or good films you you do reap the rewards because people see it and they go oh that was good I want to work with you they can see a physical thing and uh, sadly obviously plays can pass and Mm. if someone doesn't see it if the right person doesn't see it they can miss out but you know, you can undeniably make something good or something not good, you know, or something that makes somebody want to work with you or not kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so that kind of came came through Sam, actually, who, who I worked with just now, which was great. Something in there also about making yourself visible, you know, and you won't understand how that's going to ripple out just by saying, here I am doing this, you know, and things come round in unlikely ways absolutely and I think when you come out and you say I'm doing this um and you really love what you do it exudes out of you and people Mm. people are captivated by it and want to be part of it it's attractive yeah 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 Yeah, people go oh I want to be part of that thing that sounds good and that's what's so great about um uh because I've started a production company it was basically our our na- certain light films is what we our umbrella name for the films that when I make films to put it under that umbrella, um, with my friend Nina who's a producer and also an actress, and it's like that. That magnetic thing, like we, we work really well as a team, and through that she, you know, she's brought on some great people onto what our productions and met great people in it and it's because we both like it's really good to have an ally it's really good if you're starting out directing to find that producer who's mm. gonna you know so you you're this pair pair that can you know if one of you can't make a talk or a networking event the other one can you can go to things together you can discuss it's really fun you discuss things you know you talk about afterwards like which crew were great which crew weren't so great or whatever you know just keeping on you know having that working relationship with somebody that that can help you propel forward as well because you know if you're just totally solo it is you know is it hard and you need people to kind of help push you Mm. That segues quite nicely into my final question. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, so thinking about someone, uh, you know, uh, maybe the beginnings of a, a creative effort or journey mm-hmm. who is possibly a bit more isolated, doesn't have those contacts, what, 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 would, I know, what advice would you give to someone who's and maybe either doubtful of the thing they're going to do, they don't know if it's good enough, mm-hmm. or they don't know where to begin, you know what? What things? I'd say I'd there? say whatever the thing, the concept of the thing, whether it's a play, a book, a screenplay, whatever it is, um, share share your idea with someone you trust, mm. and someone's opinion who you respect, and someone who will be kind, because it's a very vulnerable thing, you know, sharing an idea, and some people just aren't the right people to share new things with. Um, you know and a lot of people and I think it's quite a British thing is people will find the problem rather than the solution Mm. they'll go yeah but you know that's going to be really difficult because blah 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 or yeah but you know and it's very British like you meet Americans they're like yeah how can I help sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) Um, so so Bearing in mind that people err towards the side of negativity, pick wisely 
a few close friends or whoever um, whose opinions you respect, who will be honest with you and who will be kind. And um, hopefully they'll say there's something in this Mm. and develop your idea further. And then I'd say... um, I'd say approach people. Uh, It depends what you need. If you need a producer or you need a director or whatever, join Facebook groups, um, look up online for networking events. And just like, it is all about confidence. I mean, you know, at some of these events, there are people who... There are people who are good at talking the talk but don't really have anything that they've really done or or don't you know, they're kind of bullshitting in a way. Mm. There are plenty of people who are brilliant and do lots of things. And then there are some people who go to these things and they don't really. Um, You'll learn to navigate and know who's real and who's not so real. Um, But in terms of, I think, you know, because it's an open playing field, like anyone can go to these things, a lot of them anyway. You know, you, you... as long as you actually have something that you genuinely want to make and you want to talk to someone about, people love giving their skill. People love teaching and helping people, actually. So if you go to a producer and go, I've got this idea, I think it's a play, I'm on the fourth draft, um, like, I've got this actor who's quite interested, but I'm not sure, whatever, I, I don't know where to go from here. You'll meet producers who will just love helping and teaching about you know they'll want to share how to help you and then if that ends up going into a partnership then that's another thing but I've generally found in the industry that people are very generous people are generous with their like time and Mm. and want to chat people also they might say oh cool that's not really my kind of thing or I'm super busy at the moment then fine but um you might as well just get out there and talk about it and the confidence thing does help because then people will trust that you're good you're good at what you do Mm. you have got because then if you believe in it then they'll believe in it it's quite simple simply that Mm. so you don't need to worry about like being secure about you as a person if you genuinely think i've got this this idea that i think is actually quite cool i think it's good i think this is something people will like Mm. then people will believe it believe it too listen to the thing that that means that what is meaningful to you to make the thing that you care about and be guided by that Mm -hmm. well we're up this the end of our time well thank you very much thank you very much Sophia it's really good chat Um, thank you it's been great hearing more about um, your journey and how some of those uh, um, different directions have come about and Mm. everything wish you all the luck with the things that you're doing next thank you Um, you i'm interested to hear what the next idea will be yes indeed indeed
Okay, so I still haven't left the house yet to go and get on with my writing of my play draft. Why am I going out to do that? Because I need to get out of these four walls, man. I need to go and like sit in a cafe and, you know, be... Uh, just, and stare out of the window and immerse my brain in the soup of this script. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Sophia. There's a few things I kind of want to pinpoint in that which I find uh, really useful. One is Sophia's experience about stopping doing the thing that she'd been working towards for her whole life up until that point, realising that it was no longer the thing that was giving her joy and doing that in the context of personal upheaval. And, and that's something I really identify with, that having to deeply listen into what new thing needs to come about and how you might need to be or create in a different way going forward. And I, I, I would think that many of us will experience something like that in our lives. The other thing is the excitement she has about the collaborative nature of film. And she really inspired me um, in that conversation because it's so true. This wonderful coming together of all these different skills and everyone doing the, their best thing in their particular area of expertise and finding these uh, mutually beneficial working relationships that create this other bigger entity in, you know, in, in the finished film is um, makes is kind of reignited my interest in doing something like that. So thank you, Sophia. And throughout that, there is this uh, thread that she brings to it about taking care of yourself, listening to what really brings you joy and enjoying the journey of it, the practice of it, the process of it. It's not about getting somewhere. It's not about having the thing done. It's about the experience of doing that and making that the most meaningful experience you can because the way we show up to create, that's us living our lives. So uh, thanks again for listening. Give us a, a like or a share or a rating wherever you can. Give, us, give Creative Loving Spirit a bit of love and uh, see you back here next time for another episode. Okay, have a great day. Bye. I'm going to write. Write, write, write.